BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone. My name is Jack Rico, and welcome to episode 142 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. On today's episode... When you have a skill set and you use your skill set properly, it can take you into doing a movie that is makes 900 bucks or 900 million dollars. My guest this week is Maximiliano Hernandez, also known as Agent Jasper Sitwell, the only Latino actor with speaking lines in the Avengers franchise. Your bank records, medical histories, voting patterns, emails, phone calls, your damn SAT scores. Zola's algorithm evaluates people's past predict their future. He now is a part of a new TV crime drama premiering on Peacock called Mr. Mercedes, where he plays Antonio Montes, an assistant district attorney, in season two and three. Police are crawling all over his house now. It's a bad scene. He cut up his brother, slit his throat. It was grim, man. Looked like some kind of Van Gogh shit. Our conversation covered a lot of interesting topics, ranging from why there is no Latino superheroes at Marvel or DC, to racism and image representation. Plus, the question he asked Benicio del Toro on set about the movie that made him want to become an actor. But before I talk to Maximiliano, it's time I give you my weekly review of what's happening in Latinx pop culture in a segment I like to call Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie, TV, and music news of the week. Netflix's Selena the Series will premiere December 4th. Oscar nominee Yelitsa Paricio and Chile's Daniela Vega will team for a four-part documentary series about Latin American women who have survived gender violence. Selena Gomez is in talks to star in a psychological thriller called Dollhouse. Edgar Ramirez set to star with Jessica Chastain in Losing Clementine. Michelle Rodriguez to host Oceanic Quibi series Ten Tom Chum. Paramount selling Eddie Murphy's Coming to America to Amazon. Broadway to remain closed until 2021 and AMC theaters could run out of cash by the end of 2020, early 2021. And in tech and social media news, Dwayne The Rock Johnson surpasses 200 million Instagram followers. Cardi B accidentally leaks nude photo on Instagram. Pandora launches Afro Quisqueya, a news station about Afro-Dominican musicians. Spotify now has its own iOS 14 widget. Twitter slows down retweets ahead of the US election and Apple unveiled the iPhone 12 and the HomePod mini. I welcome actor Maximiliano Hernandez, who has the distinction of being a part of the highest grossing movie franchise with the Marvel Cinematic Universe with over $18 billion. You played Agent Jasper Sitwell. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, was he meant to be American or Latino? 
Uh, he was, well, we can be both Latino and American. But with a last name like Sitwell, it, you know, threw me off. It's like a little curveball. No, not at all. See, he, I'm a big comic book fan. So um, I okay. knew who Jasper Sitwell was before I was Jasper Sitwell. Hmm. He is blonde, uh, has blonde hair, uh, glasses, is about 6'2", and I'm none of those things. Uh, <laughs> and I, so I... Originally, uh, when I went in to read for it, it was for Thor. And I was like, Jasper, they, they want you to come in and read for Jasper Sitwell. And I was like, Jasper Sitwell? Uh, I look nothing like Jasper Sitwell. Uh, he was, yeah, originally written to be, in the comic books anyway, a tall, thin, um, blonde guy. Uh, and I, you know, I'm really lucky. I mean, you know, uh, they, they decided they were Is like, it really luck, Maximiliano? Is it really luck... I mean, I, I think luck is, you know, uh, 90% preparation and 10% inspiration. I tend to be very prepared for auditions that I have. You know, I, I do a lot of the work before I get into the room. Um, I, don't, I don't ever really wing it, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know, do the work before I get in. Um, uh, the casting director put me on tape. Right. Uh, Kenneth Branagh was directing it. Uh, that same afternoon he got it and he was like, Hey, I really like this guy. And he's, is he nice to work with? And the casting group said, yes, he's great. You'll never have an issue with him. <laughs> and he hired me that same day. So wow. I was, yeah, I was very lucky that, um, that's how that worked out. Um, the casting director is a friend. Uh, she is, I like to say, she was like, no, it's because of your work, you know, ethic and stuff. Um, she, I, I say that she's like my angel. Um, wow. she introduced me to my agents. Um, she, we met, I was doing a film. I was auditioning for a film called Pride and Glory, uh, with Colin. Love that Fett. movie. Mm -hmm. Colin, yeah. And so I, w I did Pride and Glory and she was like, who's your agent? I said, I don't have one. I just have a manager. And she picked up her phone. I think it was like the iPhone one. It was back then. <laughs> uh, and she pulled it out of her purse and she called my agent. She said, I have your next client here. And since then, she's been very helpful in, you know, sort of like shepherding me through this. Uh, and she's now the senior VP of features casting at Disney. So, you know, that is and awesome. he was just the casting director. And then, you know, she was like, you're a good actor. And, you know, I just want you to go far. And um, she was like, hey, I'm casting Thor. Come on in. And I was like, okay, freaking out. And that same afternoon, I got it. And, you know, it's been a really great ride. It's been a really, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm so happy for you, man, Maximiliano. I'm really happy for you. Um, when you look back at this achievement, how did it change you as an actor and as a person? Well, as an actor, uh, it made, you know, what's funny because it's like I've been working for so long, almost uh, 25 years uh, that I've been an actor. Uh, my first episode of Law and Order was in 1996. The skills that I have learned from being a stage actor first in New York and then doing television and doing movies uh, and then doing these movies, um, which are huge productions. Um, the thing that, I've, I, that I think I have learned the most in terms of that is when you have a skill set and you use your skill set properly, it can take you into doing a movie that is, makes 900 bucks or $900 million, you know, right. uh, it, it, it and what I've also learned is that when the stakes go up, everyone, everyone steps forward. You know, like 
Sam Jackson and Robert Downey Jr. and and Ruffalo and you know Renner, like everyone steps up and they know the they they respect the fact that these movies are so big mm-hmm. and that they're going to be big and that they're going to affect people. You know, there there is a level of responsibility. I know that not a lot of Latinos get into role into movies like this and into roles like this. Rarely, I, I think you're one of the one percent or the point one percent, and we'll get into I, that in just yeah. a second. Yeah, I've been really, yeah, I, I I've been in in terms of that, I've been very aware of that, you know, and so and it's been great because the people that I'm working with too, you know, recognize that as well. Like for them like we're really all lucky to be in this. So I think we never lose sight of that and we never lose sight of the importance of that. I mean, I remember when we first did the first Avengers and Sam Jackson walked in and was like, holy, this is crazy. <laughs> he, when, he was, when he looked around at the helicarrier and he was like, this is crazy. You know, like, and everyone, there's not one person who did not walk out and was not in awe of it. Wow. So it puts you in a place like we're just all the same. Like we are just like all really so thrilled and lucky and blessed to be here right now that we are, we just want to do good work. We just want to go in and have fun and, and, you know, and just like really enjoy every moment of it. For me personally, you know, being a Latino in something like that is great because like, you know, when we grew up, there was nobody really doing it. Oh, come on. No way. Yeah. There was no one really doing that. So, you know, I keep that definitely in the front of my mind and you know then working with like benicio we we would ask questions like yo was it was a movie that made you want to be an actor and for him it was star wars so wow. he was so, yeah he was like oh man star wars he's like are you kidding me like that he's like i saw that movie a million times like i wanted to be star wars star wars star wars you know and and like you know talking because he he plays a role in the marvel universe as well he plays the collector guardians of the galaxy yeah in guardians of the galaxy and so you know he for him, it's all, it's the same thing. We're all in the same boat. It's a very small boat and we're, we were in it and we enjoy it. For us, it's always an opportunity to let, you know, our culture say like, hey, you can do this too. Like we can all do this together. You know, what we have to do is be prepared for when we do get our shot to like go all the way. Like, like really like not let any small opportunities pass that could really affect us, you know? You know, it's interesting you say Star Wars because Star Wars kind of got the memo on diversity with Diego Luna um, when they did uh, Rogue One, yeah, with Rogue One. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe and even DC, they've been very slow in kind of getting there. Uh, you were a great entry point to that, but why do you think Latinos do not uh, have a place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or in the superhero genre after all? Uh, you know what? I don't know. And I think it might be a lack of um, understanding of our culture. Like you say, like when it's like, was your character meant to be Latino or did he, you know, like it, it, it was he different? And I think the industry needs to start seeing us the way we see ourselves, which is just normal. Yeah. You know, like you get a lawyer and like you don't mention it. The, it this happens Latino. You don't say, oh, yeah, my Latino lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know why or I hope soon it, we get past this where it's just sort of like, oh, my best friend in the world, Andre Royo, and I are working on sort of like a thing that we're working on that's kind of based in a comic book that we kind of created and we're trying to turn it into a television show. 
and people have read it and been like, oh, but do they, like, does he have to be like a Latin guy? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I said, and I, and I was jokingly said, you know, because the, you know, the part was for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I jokingly said, it's like, is there anything in the script other than his name being Morales would lead you to believe that he was, you know, was Latino? And they were like, no. I said, so why can't a Latin guy play it? Like, I don't understand what the difference is. Like, I bet you I can stick a white guy in this and still name him Morales. And they would be, oh, that's, this works. It's, it's about them letting go. And it's about us also teaching people. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's that saying, like, you know, you, you teach, you teach people how you want to be treated. Right. And we, and we have to do that. And that also comes with some sacrifice because I've turned down plenty of things, plenty of things that I'm like, I don't want to do that. It does, does not push my career forward. And it also doesn't push my culture forward. So why would I want to be involved in that? And I think, and, and to some economic pain and to the chagrin of some agents, you know, like they're like, oh, you don't want to do that? I'm like, no, it doesn't like, it doesn't do the thing that I needed to do, which is to propel us up where we, it's where we are just normal because we are, we're normalized in society because we are normal. We are regular human beings, you know, we're just lucky because we can speak an extra language. You know what I mean? Like if anything, we're a little bit, you know, up a little higher because we <laughs> with a vast portion of the rest of the earth. That's the way I think about it. I wish that Marvel would do a little more, uh, you know, like Payne is, is in Ant, the Ant-Man series and he's hilarious. We're going to have to have our Black Panther moment. And before we get and switch gears over to Mr. Mercedes, I wanted to talk to you about your look, my look. If you really look at us, we kind of have the same prototype. We're bald. Yeah, we got yeah. that brown, beautiful olive color. We got a little bit Ooh. of a beard. Going. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you made it all the way to the Avengers. You know, I have a national television show on NBC and Telemundo. When we were growing up, I'm sure you, much like me, never thought that people that looked like us, that weren't blonde, blue-eyed, uh, you know, extremely jacked and chiseled, could ever make it in this business. What do you think that image representation, this, this skin color, the way we look, how crucial is that towards the self-esteem of the new generation of ethnically ambiguous actors such as ourselves? Like, how important is that image representation to people who watch us? It's, it's crucial. What ends up happening is they don't, even, they, they don't even think about it anymore. And that's what we need. We need as many people out there as possible. When people are like, oh, like, this guy got this part and you didn't get it or whatever. And I'm like, I could be angry about it, you know, because of that. But I'm like, at the end of the day, like, we just need to be out there. If there was, there was like one TV show, it would be like, you know, like Get Pasa USA or like something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or it was like, you know, or it was like, uh, uh, you know, Chico and the Man. But it was like yeah. one TV show and then you get nothing else. You get nothing yeah. else on any other network. You know, you needed that one thing. And the more you see stuff like, you know, like the, the, the revamping of like one day at a one time. time. Yeah, you know, you see stuff like that and it casts us in a, in a just like this, like normal American life. For some time, and I know myself too, like parts of us would deny like speaking Spanish, like do, you know, deny things like that and push it down because we, you know, we just wanted to fit in, just assimilate, just get in. Such scarring has happened from that because we lost parts. You lose your culture. You lose parts of your culture. John Leguizamo calls it psychosocial erasure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if John said it, I, it's gospel <laughs> to me. 
because it's absolutely true. You want to push that down. And then it isn't until you grow up and you get a little older that you realize, man, I, I wish I spoke Spanish better. You know, like, I wish I did this. I wish I knew more about, like, my family, you know, in, in here or there. Like, so some people have completely lost any contact or any connection to their family and their roots and their past. So the more people see people like us on television and they say, oh, I can do that too. And then they hear us speak Spanish and like, oh, I can speak, I should speak Spanish freely too. There's a beauty in this country that there is no official language. Language, you're right. There is no official language in the United States. So speak Hindi, speak. Whatever Hindi. you want. Whatever you want, man. It's all America. It all is. And we have to be, we have to hold on to that part of our culture and remember and, and, and instead of forgetting it to fit into this, we need to drag that with us into America and be like, this is also part of America. I mean, when you have right. Arizona, Texas, Nuevo Mexico, and Colorado and California, we're, we're all, I mean, those aren't English words. <laughs> those aren't English names. Hey, listen, half of, half of the United States used to be Mexico. So. Exactly. And, and so when those, you know, and it, but a lot of people don't know that. They're, they're, they're sort of like, they, they're ignorant of those facts. And when you point those things out to them and say, it wasn't too long ago that this was part of Mexico. You know, right. it, it isn't so like, because we don't teach history, we just erase it. We, we, need, we need to see more people like us. Uh, and to just uh, finalize, I wanted to talk to you about Mr. Mercedes. You play Antonio in the new uh, Peacock series that's coming out October 15th. Where does Antonio and the show find you at this stage of your career? Wow. Uh, and this, you know what? It finds me in a very comfortable place in my skin. I, I've, been, I've been on different shows. This, to me, this is my favorite. This is the, this is oh, the nice. show that, that I was like, wow. Like I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. You know, I had David E. Kelly and uh, Dennis Lehane and a lot of other really great writers. And then of course the basis is Stephen King. So like you like, you start with Stephen King, then you have David E. Kelly writing episodes for you. And so my character isn't in the books. Dennis Lehane brought my character, created, oh, this should be this guy, you know, and then he wrote Gone Baby Gone, like this guy's Mystic River, like this guy's ridiculous. So he was like, I had auditioned for another movie that he wrote <laughs> and I didn't get. And he remembered me from that and wrote and was like, they called me. I'm like, hey, do you want to come do this show? And I was like, with Brendan Connolly, I was like, wow. I'm mean, sorry, Brendan Gleason, with Brendan Gleason. And I was like, uh, absolutely, uh, yes, please sign me up. You know, so it was good because in being comfortable with my skin and, and in being prepared all the time, this writer, this amazing American writer, writes me into this show. I and I do this show, and I do some of the best work that I I believe I've ever done on this television show. And people actually get to watch it. You know, like like that was the we we that was the drawback. Right. It being on Peacock is such a great, um, such so great for us because the we did the show and we were like we want people to see it. We want a lot of people to see it, and now they're going to get the chance to really see something. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing, and we're we are all really proud of it. So where it finds me as an actor is, I feel like I am at you know like I am at the top of my game, uh, and on this show in particular, I feel like we had a lot of fun, and you'll see it when you watch the show. You can catch Mr. Mercedes on the Peacock October fifteenth.
And before I wrap up here, here are three Latin tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Quédate, Debbie Nova, Pedro Capó. Paranoia Pop, Banda Los Chinos y Lauta. Paraíso, Monogem. That's it for episode 142 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Maximiliano Hernandez for coming on the show. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on our iTunes page. Also, check out our brand new podcast, Brown and Black, with me and Mike Sargent. It's a show about race and pop culture seen through a Latino and Black lens. You can listen on all podcast platforms. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.